Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye. And I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about the concept of not engaging versus apathy, because there really is a fine line, but yet the line is very uh, wide as well. I mean, it's a very big difference as well. Mm -hmm. um, a long time ago, I had done some automatic writing and written, um, what do you do when people attack you? And so it came back saying that all attack is just an invitation to play a low frequency game and we don't have to accept it. And that was so liberating for, for me because what we tend to think is if somebody is causing some issue or um, engaging you in some drama at work or whatever that we're supposed to, that we have to engage back. That every time someone does something to you, you have to respond or, or do something back. And so it's so liberating know, knowing that I didn't have to do that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, this um, idea of our uh, reaction uh, rather than our response to situations, we react rather than respond. And uh, the reaction is instantaneous, and the response comes later, often in the form of guilt, <laughs> uh, because of the situation where you got mad at whoever that was and, and um, yelled or screamed, or, uh, or if you in internalized it, uh, swallowed all of whatever the abuse was and did not stand up for yourself, so you're mad at yourself, you're angry with yourself about for not standing up, so that's a form of guilt, and you are angry with yourself for standing up, and that's a form of guilt. So how do you do that? How do you get that balanced? Well, the idea is that we are all creatures of great emotion. We are. There's no one who's not. Well, there's one guy, but he's no longer around. So we're all greatly emotional, and so the idea is to um, recognize uh, the particular form of love that is this emotional response in the situation, as we teach on this show, relentlessly. We teach relentlessly that everything is love. If you don't recognize it as love, then love has done a very good job of, of a game of hide and seek. It's playing with us to make us more willing to um, understand and recognize love. So the response rather than the reaction, how do I get to the response before I get to the reaction? You're not going to. You're going to react. So then the idea is to get the emotion on your side. Okay. And so we do that with any number of techniques. Our show has, again, relentlessly taught, uh, and you do such a brilliant job of this with your EFT, is to take a fear, doubt, worry, guilt, all of these um, greed, insecurity, uh, all of these things that uh, cause us to emit low-frequency um, uh, paradigms, low-frequency harmonies in our life, which is the yelling at the person for existing. I've told you about that existing, haven't I? Uh, and you're still existing, yeah? and you're going to continue to exist. This is the whole thing about it. So this idea of the um, uh, being uh, getting above this, being bigger than this, is mm -hmm. very important to and us. And you, you really have to be there to understand how to make the decision to act or not act. Mm -hmm. And that non-acting is a decision, and it's a very right. proactive type of a, a decision. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I know I, just over the years, I've had conflict about that too, thinking, well, it would be easy if I just chose not to react to things and got caught up in my own little world. But then life, or it appears that society and life gets to the place where um, there, there is um, 
like nobody's doing anything proactive. Like what was that case? I don't know if anybody remembers, but it was in New York City back in the 70s where a girl was getting no, uh, raped. Karen, um, Karen and Quinn. No, no, no. I, no. It was a case where, I mean, it was a, a case that set precedence over like uh, being, being apathetic, like not calling the police, no one coming to her rescue when she was screaming, people just closing their windows. And you look around the world and there are so many people that have such great apathy that really don't do anything. I know that um, over in England and in a lot of other countries, if somebody's writing on the walls or committing crimes, everybody, the whole society says, no, that's not acceptable, don't do that. And, they, and, and therefore, we police ourselves through, through having ethics. But there, that to me seems like it's not, or, or it's the exact opposite of this rising above and, and not in acting out or, or engaging. And how I made both of those uh, true, let's say this, uh, for, for one not to be apathy, was to um, realize that it's a matter of choice. It's a matter of choosing your battles. What is your battle to fight, essentially? And you have to be out of the moment, not caught up in the emotion of it in order to really even know that because often we are acting and responding to old programs and old situations in our lives, and we don't even know where, what's funding our, our thoughts about any one given situation. Well, in our world, either we choose to manipulate a situation, attempting to control it. By the way, we've come up with a new term for control freak. What was that again? Authority challenged. Yes, there we go, authority challenged individual. So we are plagued by authority-challenged individuals uh, in our life. And we can get around that very easily because there's, uh, and we've taught this again relentlessly on the show, that there's one and only authority, one and only, there's only one authority figure, one and only authority figure in your life. Who is that? Call in with the answer. And we'll continue on. Now either we manipulate or we allow. Uh, now having retrained my brain to be, um, to recognize that if there are two answers, then I'm, I'm really um, heavily into being bipolar. If there are only two answers, I am owned by bipolar mentality, which is, well, almost all of us on the planet. So then if it's uh, manipulating, allowing, okay, and the third, then, one of the trinities to get that to stop being polarized thinking would be, as you were saying, choosing your battles. And another one is recognizing uh, the native intelligence in everything. In other words, um, uh, what is it? They were the scientists were talking about black holes sucking everything in, but no one understands that on the other side of the black hole there's a brand new galaxy being born, and that's the basic process of evolution, inhale, exhale. Okay, and well, inhale, exhale, what's the third point of view? What's the third in all of this? Uh, and that would be the idea of the grand intelligence that, intelligence that occupies every atom in our universe. Every bit of it is intelligence. There's nothing that's not. So then if we apply that to whether we're manipulating or allowing, but the more we allow, the more we are evolved beings in the sense that adaptation is evolution. They're synonyms. Adaptation and evolution are the same thing. So then the more we allow, the more evolved we are because it cannot possibly be wrong. 
no matter how wrong, again, the bipolar concept of right and wrong, no matter how wrong it is, it will eventually turn out to be good. No matter how evil it is, it does good. No matter how good it is, it does evil, because these things are, are all one thing. It's inhale, exhale. But to, to place our attention upon the guidance in it. So this brings up the um, uh, uh, Vulcan saying, uh, reading one of the Star Trek books, that found the Vulcan um, paradigm, a Vulcan um, oh, saying, a Vulcan axiom, which is, uh, there is no offense if none is taken. There is no anger if you do not make yourself angry. This goes on and on, but that's the original quote. Yeah, I think, I think that is a very profound quote because that, that really would clip out 90% of us acting, engaging in something that is lower frequency. Yeah. And I think just the idea of engaging in something that's lower frequency is not a good idea anyway uh, yeah. because it pulls you down to lower frequency. You have to elevate the whole situation. And in the lower, oh, well, in the lower frequencies, your ability to shift your consciousness is uh, void. It's paralyzed by the lower frequency. You cannot change anything when you're at the lower frequency. Mm -hmm. You can certainly do damage at the lower frequency but changing, not so much. So it's later when you respond that it changes from lower frequency to, pardon me, just um, mm -hmm. set off that particular node. Mm -hmm. But yeah. the idea of wrapping around this stuff. Yeah, so, so elevating things to a higher level, mm -hmm. and that's where Eleanor Roosevelt's, uh, the quote from Ele Eleanor Roosevelt was so powerful to me, is uh, when she said, great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, and small minds discuss people. And uh, I'm not sure Politicians where. discuss issues. Smaller minds still. Yeah. Go ahead. Pardon go ahead. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what you're, what, Go you ahead. Were, Just go on up with your thought then. Um, that was basically the thought. I, I liked it. It was clean. It was neat. And about politicians, yeah, that's a low frequency conversation that's right there. That's my whole point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well. Uh, well, well, an issue is something you've already. Well, it's decided the idea about. of pulling pulling something um, that is a low frequency thing. Well, this whole idea of apathy too. I think that I, I say this all the time. I've not really had anybody respond or even say that they get what I'm saying. So it'd be nice if someone did, just so uh, you know, to make that connection. But. The me cannot live without the we, and the we cannot live without the me. That's why I've started the me-we tribe. And think about that, you know, this whole thing of us putting the oxygen mask on ourselves first and uh, making, taking responsibility for our own happiness and everything, which I think is wonderful. Neville and I have been teaching that for a multitude of years because we were coming out of the age of martyrdom where everybody felt everything was about the we and none of the me's, all the me's were walking around completely empty making it about the we, and it became very dysfunctional. So then it, the pendulum swung over to the me's, and now I, I find that a good percentage of the population is really wrapped up in themselves to the point that it's just making the we die off because people tend to be polarized. Either they're way over here at this extreme or they're way over here at this extreme. And so what you find is people that are, are really uh, for the most part, not even very respectful of each other anymore. So we cannot have one without the other. It will not work. And so look in your life and see where the balance is of the me 
and of the we. And if we all did that, if we all came to that balance within self, it would be really wonderful. We have a call. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Edith. Edith, what can we do for you? I just had a question for you. We have um, many answers. You were saying before that um, everything is, is love. When you say love, do you mean uh, oneness? Uh, I know sometimes people do things that are, are very cruel, like um, Mary had mentioned um, that uh, famous incident in New York where the woman was raped. Now, I have a hard time seeing that necessarily as love. I, I think people can certainly um, recognize that, that there's a oneness that connects us all. So I was just curious okay. about your thoughts on that, and, and I'll hang up. Thanks, Edith. Well, Edith, yeah, thank you much for the call. We appreciate this. To understand everything as love is to see a much bigger picture that's not frozen in a single moment. Uh, because the, this balance point between the poles, uh, which is where things switch from polar to a trinity thinking, to understand everything as a form of love is to uh, have perspective on it. Um, so I was shot to death. I can guarantee you that was an act of love. I can also guarantee you that I chose for that event to happen because there are no victims in life and everything that happens in your life is your idea. Uh, that is because we have free will. Nothing can happen to you that is not your idea. Okay. Now, people choose these violent change points. Being shot in the head was a violent change point. But I woke up, I went to heaven, and I uh, spoke to an uncountable number of counselors and angels and uh, came back to life to be able to see people in past lives. I woke up in the hospital beds seeing people in their past lives. The doctors and nurses walked by. I saw trails <coughs> behind them that were their past lives. This is all still there. I just uh, don't tell people about it anymore. So, Well, um, one, yeah. I would like to amend, instead of saying that the murder or the rape is an act of love, because uh, it's just a modification. Yeah, I know. People can't so, really understand well, that. Yeah, well, yeah but I, I think maybe another way of saying it is that love is present always. Mm -hmm. And so even during that time, love is present, and love is acting out. But love, if we live at a certain frequency, love, our angels come, and, our, and love acts out at that frequency, and it can look very horrible. Um, but whatever, uh, let me back up a little bit. And, and this was a, a very profound experience for me. I was meditating one night on how I could help those less fortunate than me in a better way. And I know we do the show and blah, 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 but I, I was thinking like soup kitchen or whatever. And as I was in that meditation, Mother Teresa shows up even clearer than when I'm people and things in front of me right now. And Mother Teresa is a wonderful person and all that, but it's not somebody that I thought about a lot. So it was very amazing that she would show up. But she said to me very clearly, what makes you think there are those less fortunate yeah. than you? And it was like one of those, I could have had a V8 moments. It really was. It, it, it was so profound to me because if there's no one less fortunate, then there's no one more fortunate. And it just took me out of that equation. And I realized I did not have to give out of guilt anymore. That I could, I, instead of guilt motivating me, I could have love motivating me. So another thing I gained from that experience was that even if a person is living in abject poverty and is starving to death, that does not mean we don't have compassion for them, that we don't feel compelled to assist people. But what it does mean is 
not looking at that as less in some way is actually empowering them. So if I say, I know, even though you're sitting there and you're homeless on the street and you have no food to eat, that you are equal in, in power to me, and just like this rich person over here is equal as well, and that we're all working on different things, who am I to judge the fact that this was wrong or right? It's certainly something that we could say is unpleasant. I mean, I'm not arguing our humanity. But I think that if we take the case of the girl that was raped then, who knows what her motivations were on a soul level? Maybe it was to get people to become more conscious of assisting each other. And, and she came in to do that. And maybe it was because she needed to work out something with somebody from a past life. Maybe it was to get the people that did not act to really think about their humanity and open up. There's a million and trillion different things that it could have been. But for each of us in that moment, to certainly have compassion and to render assistance when our heart through love is guiding us, not through guilt and not from thinking that right. this is a victim or someone less than us, that mm -hmm. we are actually empowering them yeah. to, be, to be larger. And so then we could say, yes, love is, is always present. And maybe that's another way of seeing it. Yeah, even that to forgive implies victimhood. So um, it would be love, not forgive. I love you, not I forgive you. Uh, just um, the word has a different meaning well, to me. Well, or so to use it as this um, larger picture to understand like mm -hmm. what is the greater reality on this. And when we get caught up in good and bad and in that judgment, we don't see that bigger picture because we're measuring. And we're either measuring or we're experiencing. And if we're measuring, we're unhappy. If we're experiencing, it, it's very difficult to be unhappy during the experiencing of something. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just no, saying. I'm having been as I said, shot in the head and woke up seeing past lives. Yes. I've led a life of uh, seeing reality as um, um, with the multi-lifetime timeline. In other words, we are a response to a long series of lives before this one. And uh, something like rape is understandable in that equation because uh, certain people um, uh, we, are, we came here to experience love and we came here to experience sexuality. It's who we are. Okay, well, it's who we are. And the, uh, in the, the history of uh, the multi-lifetimes, uh, sometimes you shut yourself off really, really uh, well from sensuality, from sexuality. You shut yourself off. And then uh, it's violently imposed on you. And then that turns it on. Or maybe it was way too turned on and then th that same event shuts you right off from it so that over many, many lifetimes, not just the one lifetime that we have, there's a different um, uh, expression of self well, brought I, I on would this say, way. Yeah, and often, I'm going to say every time, rape is really a matter of, of dominance and hostility and power, yes. and it's an act of violence. It's mm -hmm. not really even an act of sexuality as much, but you're right. Um, it, it's like I said, different lifetimes are like different words in a sentence. And when you put all those words together, you start getting a moving picture of what you are here experiencing. And I, it could be a million reasons. It could be um, that, you re that there was something that you are looking to uh, get from that experience. But mm -hmm. the thing is, is it's futile for us to even come up with a reason. Because for us sitting there looking for some cosmic balancing good reason why this quote-unquote bad thing happened, we're still engaged in the world of right and wrong. 
And it's, we're not really getting anywhere. We're just maybe moving to a side that's a little more acceptable. But if we just assume that love was present there, even though we don't understand it, and look within ourselves and, and choose to find something positive and growth-inspiring from it, then we are transforming it. And, and to be as neutral as we can and to know that all of us have equal resources, I think, is very liberating. I think it's kind of scary, too, on one hand, mm -hmm. um, because we are built on victim, victimizer, rescuer mentality, that yeah. trinity. Mm -hmm. And it's very difficult for us to even figure out how to get off of that. Well, that's what we came here to wheel. do. This is the place at which we care to begin to understand things differently. I know. But a we very can do easy it. axiom to take with you from this program is that 100% of everything that happens to you is on your side. There are no exceptions. We speak a language that just keeps implying that things are not on our side. It is not true. Everything that happens is on our, our side. A word in that particular language, the language of betrayal, betrayal. Betrayal is a program. If you say, I am betrayed, you have set off a program. The program lasts about 16 years. Let's be kind, 15 years, okay? And the 15 years are various forms of hatred. You hate uh, the other person for being who they really are, and you hate yourself for not knowing it, and everyone hates you because you won't stop talking about it. And this goes on for until the day comes that you recognize, oh my God, that was so on my side. Uh, that was absolutely clean. Now I know that that was not to be, and I can go on with my life. Now that didn't have to take 15 years at all. Uh, as uh, If the word betrayal was defined by the word freedom in your mind, there would be no victim mentality. You would have a completely different perspective on it instantaneously instead of having to go through the reaction, sorry to mean to shoot you, <laughs> and then years later the response, oh my God, that was so on my side. So the idea of being above this stuff. Well, and, and, it, and just another facet to mm -hmm. that, um, for instance, every bacteria and virus, and, and us as individuals as well, but every bacteria and virus vi vibrates on a certain frequency. And so let's just say that there are, uh, it's a seven level building and, and we at any given time can be vibrating at any one of these floors. Whatever floor we're vibrating on, we are then um, going to be vibrating on that same frequency band of whatever that virus or whatever that bacteria is. So if we keep our vibration higher, then love manifests through that higher vibration. And it's really just a lens that we are experiencing the love through. And that if we go higher up in the vibrational realm, our angels don't have to come disguised as demons to burn our hold away on, on situations that are no longer serving us. And, and then we just get the direct connect. Yeah. So it's an, it's an opportunity. Everything has an opportunity to it. Mm -hmm. And it's a matter of, rather than labeling it and just filing it away as some horrible event that's going to make us never live past it, use it as fodder to become bigger and to uh, gain awareness of yourself and maybe even your larger reality. That does not take away from the fact that these things happen that are very, very wrong, unpleasant, whatever word we want to put on it. Yeah. But we use that to grow instead of use it to stay still. That's one of the things, when we think of ourselves as victim, 
once you think of yourself as a victim to anything, whether that's because you're a woman and you're working at a company that's male-dominated, whatever that is, once you classify yourself as a victim, then what you've done is saying, take the reins of my life and take it from me. Go ahead. Because you're agreeing with the whole, the, the whole interchange there, that mm -hmm. whole dynamic. Mm -hmm. So you have to, at some point, take the reins over in your life and say, I have to get past this. Yeah, very well put. This idea of us, this is what we're taught not to. Hi, caller, what's your name, please? Oh, hi, guys, it's Lina. Lina, what can we do for you? Well, I had a, a million thoughts. This has been a really fantastic show. All at once? Show. Yeah, Thank you. practically Thank you. all at once. That's got to hurt. <laughs> no, I don't know. It seems <laughs> to happen. It's confusing, but part of that, the last one was on vibrations when Mary was talking about the tower, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that the what came to my mind was that the the purest vibration would be no thought, that all these thoughts had come piling in mm -hmm. that we just that I just finished talking about is what is confusing. And that if I can just drop all those thoughts, then I'm in a vibration of peace. Yeah, very good, Lina. And you're, you hit it right on the head. Because in the state of non-measurement, there is no thought. Because yes. thoughts are measurement. Experience yes. have no thoughts. Yeah. So then you're becoming just the objective witness. Um, but yet, you're also experiencing it as well. Um, because a witness is different than a judger. A witness mm -hmm. is formula formulating no opinion. It is allowing the experience to go through them. And yeah. you're right. That's at the highest vibration, or at least in the context that we're talking about. Yeah. Placing no value on it, but yeah. looking for, for uh, meaning. I didn't even know what was going to come out of my mouth. I had so many things to say. <laughs> oh, well, good. Well, let's start that with... Well, Someone is dialing on your phone there. Yeah, that just that just came. Yeah. Ah, okay. Well, very good. So let Thank us you. start with the idea. Is she still there? I believe oh, okay. she's done. Um, let's start with the idea of thought. Okay, and that is a function of life. This is the way in which we define things. This is a process of us. So now all thought seeks to understand. I believe that's an agreeable premise. Mm -hmm. All thought seeks to, to understand. To measure, to quantify. Well, to understand, to measure, to quantify. And then at the end of that process, there is love. Mm -hmm. So it's on its way. We, uh, but the thoughts have to go through the language that we think in. And the language that we think in is designed to write us down as victims, to keep us from recognizing our sovereignty or power or nobility or... Uh, humility or any of the other things that are the noble essence of what thought is. So now in the cessation of thought, in the surrender to the silence, in the uh, accepting and allowing, uh, that's connection to God. That's really what that is. That's connection to the universal intelligence that occupies everything. And every once in a while I make it. Don't seem to be able to do it every day, but I've done it some days. And I can do it more easily than I ever did it before. And uh, this, I'm, I'm suddenly in uh, uh, the no thing. I'm suddenly in. Um, um, and I used to wonder how long I would be in there, but there's no time. So there's no possibility of measuring you know, this sort of thing. But it's a very good idea to uh, spend a percent of every day with the idea 
of um, just voiding thought, uh, just finding uh, serenity. Serenity now! No, wait. Now you've got to um, do this. Serenity now! Yeah, this entire concept. It's Are a you very supposed good to idea. yell it? It's a quintessential, quintessential point of meditation is the cessation of thought. And then bigger pictures can come to you far more naturally. Well, it's and, building a muscle. And when you're willing to stop judging yourself, like we think that to judge ourselves and to constantly be thinking about whether we're doing the right thing or the wrong thing, we think that we are um, um, cutting off any issues at the past. Like if we can yell at ourselves, then we can stop ourselves from doing whatever it is that mom would yell at us for. <laughs> and so we develop this as really a way to love ourselves, to prevent ourselves from misery, but we don't realize that it keeps us in that, that misery. Well, and when you get rid of the thought, like I was saying earlier, when you do things motivated out of guilt, if you look at your motivation every time you give anything or do any action, you're, you're going to be amazed at how often you're doing things out of guilt. Like, oh, I have $10 in my pocket. Somebody's asking me for $5. I should quote unquote, give it to them. <clears throat> and so guilt is telling you, you can't possibly sit with that fi extra $5 if somebody else is suffering. What happens then, you're not giving really from the heart. And so it may not be the best, it usually will not be the best thing for them. Whereas if you say, I'm going to follow my heart, your heart will say no often. And it's not going to, to I mean, it will say no, this isn't your battle if we talk about choosing our battles. so. If you can get out of that measurement of good and bad and just sit in that stillness and follow your heart, you're going to know when to act. So you're not going to act over every little thing and get involved in all of it, which we all have plenty to do that we're so stressed out. We feel drawn into every little drama that blows past us. But if we say, I am not going to act in guilt anymore, and we've talked of this subject forever on the show, yeah. that we have to clear guilt consciousness. Then yes. we start acting out of love, and then apathy is no longer an issue. I think apathy comes when people act in dramas that are not their own, and they can't do anything about it, or when we take past pain and attempt to heal it in current situations and demand something from someone that is in front of us today that is just a projection of somebody that denied us something in the past. We get so overworked energetically from that that then it just breaks, and then, then there's just no action at all. So the key is to get rid of the guilt, heal the stuff that's from the past, and you'll always know what to do in the moment. And it will n always be funded by the universe. It won't drain you. Following the heart is the technique, I quite agree. And uh, for us to be on our side, and another major thing is to forgive ourselves, because no one here, is, everyone is perfect, no denying it. No one is perfect, no denying it. Both answers are correct. And we're so all perfect, we are all but there's work. no measure. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, and we're all, you know, progress. We're all works in progress. And so that's a very important um, thing to remember about us. If you were actually not so in progress, you also wouldn't be so around here. Because you wouldn't have any requirement of what goes on at this particular level of consciousness. So it's very important uh, for us to recognize our power and authority in life and not to give it away to trivial things, which is what our language does. We speak a very trivial language. You know, with, uh, you're not, there's no language to say, I am bigger than this. There's no language to say, um, 
I choose to create this. This is my decision. This is once in a while people speak it. They're called heroes, male or female. They are people that recognize their ability to create. And the definition of a hero, which I was just working on, a hero is a person who says, it's gonna be all right. John Wayne, you know, it's gonna be all right. Don't worry your head about it. That's a hero, and why is that? Because it's the truth. And, and you're not allowed to have the truth rattling around in your head in our society. And the language stamps it out. Uh, the, one of the biggest forms of slavery that there is, is, this could be the biggest form of slavery, even bigger than money, is judgment. That is the thing that does it. And all judgment is prejudgment. You have been conditioned to respond like Pavlov's dog to situations in your life. Well, and yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. And mm -hmm. often I've noticed that as people get older, they use their judgment to compensate for the power they feel they've lost. Yeah. So they look disapprovingly down their nose at people. And, right. and now with the internet, people feel it's perfectly okay to just write scathing things all the time in the comment section because they think that that's power, but judgment yeah. is not power. Do you have a call? We have a, oh, a painting. shot. Yes, this is um, Polestar, I believe is the name of it. And this is a um, technique by which I, I uh, that's not a hurricane, by the way. That's the highlight on the planet, the sun bouncing off of it. Uh, this particular glyph, the um, square with the cross in the center, okay, is something that um, I don't care for the word protects because there's nothing to be protected from. But let us say that it amplifies harmony, that it centers, that it allows a greater creativity. Uh, this one is not on the uh, um, uh, 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 telepathic TV has a link to uh, a place It's not on there? No, it's not. Give I me would, the picture. I'll put it on. Yeah, well, we will do that. <laughs> it's certainly. very lovely. Yeah, it's a version of Earth in a very quiet and beautiful place surrounded by um, uh, calming influence, which um, is a form of peace. And this is, is what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, other than, you know, the whole myth of protection, which is another place the language takes you south anytime that it possibly can. Uh, just to do that one really briefly, the other human being is as comfortable with you as you are with them, and you are as comfortable with yourself as you choose to be. So be comfortable with yourself, and everybody will be comfortable with you, and then we can all just get along as opposed to whatever is going on currently. But uh, this concept, and speaking of the language so much because I'm putting together uh, new notes on uh, yeah. another, uh, yet the next language code book. Good, so, I'm glad. Yeah. I think that's a wise so idea. All of this stuff. We're all set. This is a painting that um, just completed itself um, very recently and is already on. The website, if people wanted to get prints or something, they can go look and see. You can get them on greeting cards and Yeah, everything. amazing faculty. So this is as a result of, and I just have to gather stuff to put this in language. Um, when we get to the point that uh, our dimensional perception is become pristine, that we see everything clearly for what it is, which is an act of love, whether it's nemesis love, where it, it looks like it's against you, 
that it's really something that's on your side. Somebody telling you that doesn't look the way it's supposed to is an act of love, but it, it might be misinterpreted. You know, okay. So when you, your perception of our reality, the veil disappears because the veil is doubt and confusion. That's what the veil is, if you wanted adjectives to describe it. So I'm, I'm there and just this thing opens up and it obliterated everything. Um, there's no real way to describe this because I'm, I'm, I'm having to speak it. mean this portal opened up while you a were portal. in the woods? Yeah, a portal absolutely opened. And I knew that I had the choice to go into it, uh, which would result in direct perception of um, direct experience of divinity, which is D-E-D, and we're acquainted with that. And um, I knew also that it wouldn't be exactly that, not like it was when I died. Um, but I chose not to go, and then it closed. And I didn't debate. I made my choice. There was no regret in it. it uh, simply, there was none. Uh, just that I got it for that brief moment to absolutely get it, just for a moment, where it opened up into this completely other dimension. And then I was back, and this was one. This would not leave me alone. It took me an enormous amount of time just to get the sketch into a form that would be acceptable to my aesthetic as an artist. And then uh, the the sketch turning into the painting uh, took another enormous amount of time. And there were all these things to solve in it, and it kept having its own ideas about it while I was doing it, which was fine with me. Uh, you know the 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 painting, there's um, people that give birth to the child is not mine. It came through me, but not mine. The painting of course, came every, through me. That's true. Every, yeah. I know every creative thing I have ever done. It's like um, you never have an awareness of going through it because mm -hmm. you're in an experience. And yeah, it's only it afterwards appears. that you stand back. And there it is. As a matter of fact, how I understood this whole experiencing or measuring things was years ago. Uh, and of course, I'm not um, an artist like, like this, but I, I love to do oil painting. And I was doing a painting, and I realized after I was done that I, I had had a, a really big issue going on in my life at the time that seemed to be plaguing me constantly. And after I was done with the painting, I realized that I spent that whole time and I did not think about it at once, and that's when the whole essence of experience versus measurement came to me. Mm -hmm. And I realized, too, that there is a process of creation that I, I know we've talked before about getting bored is really just the springboard into the next creation. Mm -hmm. But I realized that there was a very significant component that we are denied often, like at work. Mm -hmm. And that is to sit back and gaze upon the creation in wonder that this was birthed through you. Right. And so often in the workplace, we're given so much work and we work and work and then we get to the end of it and then the next thing is on the desk. And there's no time to say, ah, we finished that. Mm -hmm. I used to um, say that to my boss, like, give me a rock to throw myself on in the middle of this, these waves just to let me rest for five minutes before we begin this next high-tension deadline. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that it's a very important thing. And there's such a satisfaction through creativity mm -hmm. to look at, at what you've done, whether that's through a beautiful painting like you've done or, or just a, a recipe decks, that you have or... Decks or just something beautiful that you decorated your room with. Mm -hmm. Allow yourself to have that satisfaction of, 
of the observation. It's part of the creative process. And if you don't have that satisfaction, that's where addiction comes in. Mm -hmm. Because you just keep trying to reach that, and you never do. And it's really mm. a matter of allowing. Well, but enough. anyway, that's one of my very favorites. I know well, I say that you. every week over every painting, but I really do feel that that's one of my favorites. Because to me, when I look into it, I'm walking down the path, and I could even see it as the path of love. And that love is like oh, that. Good. We walk, and, and love is always there. But I'm mm -hmm. talking about the love that we title love in our mm -hmm. life. Whether that's with another person or with a love of um, creation or a love of uh, a new interest or whatever. And we're just walking along and bam, it just opens up for us. And we can walk mm -hmm. right through it and we're in a different reality. Mm -hmm. I remember my friend Judy years ago said in regards to falling in love. She says it's like you can know someone for a long time and then all of a sudden one day you might be in love with them. And it's like the universe or God shines a flashlight on that person and you can actually see them. Yes. And just like that, it can be turned off. Mm -hmm. um, and so for us to not take it personally. Oh no, never. When someone falls out of love with you because the, the, the master of the turning on and off that switch really is our higher self. And so mm -hmm. we've got plans for ourselves. And so I thought that, um, I just took from it the, the whole flashlight thing that mm -hmm. it, it's, mm -hmm. it's all, you know, taking it non-personally. But I would imagine looking at that on your wall every day, it would just feel like you could be walking and then it just, this and bubble of love appears. appears. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Say with your, uh, you have four decks out now. Could I ask you to pull four cards on uh, this particular I would be happy to, yeah, painting? I remember. Yeah, yeah you have such brilliant decks, speaking of okay. creativity and uh, causing them to exist. And the, the um, satisfaction there is in, uh, uh, creating something that's received and uh, uh, honored and used by other people is mm -hmm. a very important aspect for any human being, whatever it is, that you be recognized and acknowledged for your... Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, at least I, I see this. I, I love these decks. I use them brilliant. all the time, even if no one else does. Okay, so look in the mirror and say, I am on your side and always be, will be. Back yourself. There you go. So, on this, in this case, the painting is encountering the, the love for your, it, within yourself. Yeah, yeah and, and I could the, always go back there. And the spirit animal cards is the bee. Bee. That's kind of interesting. It just, mm -hmm. same color scheme. Interesting. And that, the, oh, they had a camera oh. on you a second ago. There we go. And that was the one, this is from the, uh, the magical messages deck. Look in the mirror and say, and then the bee. The bumblebee is about uh, networking and communication. Oh. So I think it's a communication that's not in words because words are very slow. Mm -hmm. um, spirit, spirit. I mean, our, our symbolic language moves differently. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, third eye chakra. I see low oh. frequency. Oh, this is funny. Dramas from a higher level, level, and then choose how I respond. That's been the whole show. Also, I know, isn't that well? And the painting as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Like both paintings, technically. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. and look at this deck. It shows you how the everything view. is everything, the higher wow. view. This is saying, like you can see, there's a little people down there doing different things, flying kites and such, and it's, or not flying kites, they're doing something, a little house. It's saying that whenever, whenever you think you understand something, there's always going to be a higher view. Yeah. And keep panning back, because there's always more to see, which is so lovely. So you don't mm -hmm. have to worry about being bored. There's always more to see. So that's the higher view on love. It is about um, 
Higher going to a higher frequency. Earth. Yeah. Should I pour some, pull some on your earth one? I don't think we've done uh, Or we got duck time? It's getting pretty close, just as the timing on the show would dictate. One, one card, what does it say oh, about the earth That's one? okay. That's okay. We'll go ahead and do this. Okay. And then. All right. But that does give you a new perspective on it. It's amazingly synchronous, isn't it? Mm -hmm. you, you felt the whole universe align mm -hmm. there. Which is our point of any show that we do, is to get alignment to occur for people to begin thinking like an ascension mm -hmm. rather than an Egyptian who were pretty rather ascended. Than a descent. Well, yeah. we have to descend to ascend, so we have yeah. to not be afraid of any of it and see yeah. it as on our side. So if we're seeing events and circumstances as being against us, oh, then we're I'm not, not saying we want these things mm -hmm. to happen or that we should even allow them to happen, but what I am saying is if they do, find your power within it. That's it, always. And not look at it as that being bigger than you because you're really yeah. empowering the whole event by making it bigger than you. And fostering a language that makes that the way you think to begin with mm -hmm. instead of all these words that eat you up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Humans. When you find yourself saying humans oh, under your breath, this. you've got it. Well, I, I pulled one on that, that chakra affirmation deck. Uh -huh. which I only have a few of these decks left, so if anybody's interested. I know, they're very popular. Uh, well, I did a very limited run of these. But anyway, um, as w uh, but this other painting, it says throat chakra. It is safe for me not to act, not to engage in anything that is not on my path. Again, coinciding with our, yeah. our topic. Oh, so I believe it's time for the duck. Here mm -hmm. come the duck. Here come the duck. Uh, the sacred and holy duck, bringing forth wisdom and... Uh oh, wait, I'm not on there yet. There we go. There this you go. This is Linda, our duck dangler. Okay. And I got, uh, your powers of communication are growing. It is time to speak up and say what is on your mind. This is from the Magical Messages deck. Do not allow others to decide what is true for you. You always know your own truth. <laughs> Suddenly this huge yellow thing go coming ping. at me. Yeah. <laughs> We've had a few of those over the years. The yeah, ducks people casting off the duck and again. then it's, it's fun. Yes. It makes things different. Thank you, lovely duck dangler. I don't know if the flashes of Invisible Tom uh, and his husband has been uh, photographing us. So yeah, we can have some pictures for the website. New photos for the website, yeah, which is... Uh, being rebuilt by you and the, the redesigning it, sparkling it. item. I'm looking forward to when it's published. Me too. And we have uh, still things to do on that. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, excellent. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and uh, this is the point at which people call in for readings or if with you questions. Yeah. Questions are good too. So. Even a dream, anything you would like to call in about. Yeah, we're very good. And we're remarkable about dream interpretation, by the way. I, I love it. I've done it for most of my life, and I just think it's so revealing. Yeah. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Edith again. I'm just Edith. calling for a reading from Mary. Excellent. Well, thank you. I'll hang up. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. And I will. Oh. This is a. Well, you got all the cards. cards yeah. in that deck, so that would have been a 97 card pickup. <laughs> they all apply to you. There we go. Okay, so I'm going to do the same thing for Edith that we were doing for yours. Okay. And please, if you're watching the show or listening to this on podcasting, please tell your friends about us. Share the link, by the way. Um, this is our, we're in our 14th year now. 
Okay, so you are magical. You can change any situation with a thought. Use your consciousness to create the life you choose. And that's very empowering because it's telling you that this, like we always know that this is true, but this is saying right now particularly, go ahead and change the way you're thinking about a situation in your life in order for you to get to the next level with what is your action, what is your next action. And in the spirit animal cards, we get the giraffe. And, and the giraffe is um, able to reach high levels um, because of the long neck. And it's saying to, to um, take a risk, take a chance, and to allow yourself to really see how you feel and communicate how you feel and rise above um, the confusion. And then the chakra affirmation card is the third eye chakra. I see clearly what is right for me and act accordingly. Now the chakra affirmation cards are designed for you to use these affirmations to repeat over and over to undo certain programming. So um, I would suggest doing that, um, writing it out, talk, saying it, whatever you wish. And then the card out of the inner wisdom is the card of healing. And really, our thoughts, our ideas about what we deserve or what is healable and what isn't, like sometimes we get diagnosed with something and then it's, the brain thinks, oh, I can't, I can't heal from that. And so um, what we have to do is part those ideas and then the healing's always sitting right there ever present. So there's great healing going on in your life right now. And it's saying maybe like the first card, use your consciousness to accept that there is great healing going on. And it might even be something on the physical level where you, you'll run into a remedy because you've done the work that that was here to um, bring to you, or the awareness that that was there to bring to yeah, you. Yeah, we have another call. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, it's Lina again. Lina. Hi, Lina. Mary, I really need a reading right now. I'd really appreciate it. Oh, be most happy to. I'm going to hang up and listen. Okay, mm -hmm. great. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. If we have a moment, I have a brief question. Okay. Yeah, just one sec here. And then the last one is that. Okay, so the first one is pay attention to what your body is telling you and tell it how much you love and appreciate it and follow its guidance. And our body does talk to us. It, it, anything that ever happens in our body, we could trace it back to, we got that information, we kind of knew it for a long time, so it's, it's good to listen because it does communicate. And sometimes that's, even in context with another person and, or a situation, that listen to your body because your body, if it tightens up, is telling you something. And then there's the chipmunk, and the chipmunk holds um, everything, like the chipmunk holds its words in its mouth. And our words are sacred things that we can use to water gardens uh, in other people's souls and all that. And so not to hold back on how you feel, because saying how you feel is also going to benefit the other person. And it's to cherish them and treat them like little nuggets of gold rather than uh, something like a lot of times when people don't respect what we say or they don't listen to us, we start disrespecting our own words. And then on the chakra affirmation, it's the throat chakra, I hear myself clearly, therefore others hear me clearly too. Mm -hmm. So when we hear ourselves, then other people hear ourselves. So I think that's kind of interesting that it went along with the chipmunk card. 
because yeah, the, the blue flowers are the a particular suit in that deck. By the, the way, the throat chakra. Yeah. 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 So throat chakra has all blue flowers. Are all different. But yeah, seven. Okay, and then the um, last card is fertile ground, and like if you were to hide that, you would say, oh, there's this stuff growing, and that's wonderful. But then you look underground, and there's all this additional stuff. So perhaps it's time to look further into a situation to gain more understanding, even if it's from a past event or, uh, or something that may be like old feelings may be contributing to it. Look at the threads and the connections and the patterns in current situations rather than just taking them at face value, and I think that you'll gain a lot. And there, there might also be uh, something from the financial end that, that will be discovered that is positive. No, that's excellent. Interesting. Thing. And we have yet well, another call. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Yes, my name is Lynn, and Lynn. I would like to thank you for your show. Oh. I'm very grateful that I discovered it. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you, and, and I would like to have a reading from Mary, and I'll yeah. hang up. Thank well, you. Thank you. I'm so glad We're you We're on every it too. Thursday night at 8.30, by the way, mm -hmm. virtually every Thursday. And we re-air Friday mornings like at 7.30 and Saturday nights at 10.30 mm -hmm. p.m. And you can tune into the website. In and watch case, it anytime. Yeah, yeah. In case you've missed a show, you can see it on the website. Okay, the first card is a change in re residence or real estate purchase, purchase is coming your way. Are you ready to take things in a new direction? And it doesn't have to be that you're going to be moving, um, although that um, often comes with this card, but it could be that you're ready to really make some big changes in your life. And in the spirit animal cards, the mountain lion comes. And the mountain lion is um, the card of leadership. And this card often comes up when we're being put in the position to lead other people or get a promotion or something like that. So to, to me, there's a lot of movement, and whether it's uh, at work or whatever, um, leadership or some kind of thing is coming, coming to you. You're getting a mantle of leadership. And the card from the chakra affirmation is the crown chakra. No matter where I am or what I do, I am on my sacred path. And so that's the crown chakra. And for, so what it's saying is it really doesn't matter if you move and you get a different job, you do all this. It doesn't matter because your path is on the bottoms of your feet. And then the, the card from the inner wisdom is breather, take a breather, take it, take, just sit down in that comfortable chair and just be still, even if there is a lot going on. But that whole thing of being on your path, it's Steve Martin did a routine years ago saying he was so poor he couldn't afford wall-to-wall -wall carpeting, so he glued carpet samples to his shoes. And I thought that was very funny, but it was a great analogy because we're always looking to make our life perfect and do this and get this and get out of mainstream so we can get into our spiritual life, when in actuality it's, it's right under our feet. And if we look at it that way, so if there is a big change coming, just know you carry you with you. Yes, and uh, we're about to be at Ruby Tuesdays in Fairfax Circle if you would like to join us. If you're out and about, it does have to be Thursday evening, uh, the 25th of uh, June. Uh, July. July. This is otherwise a, a repeat. And um, my question, and uh, very briefly, we've talked so many years about feared out worry and guilt, which tend to um, transmit low frequencies into our field, which keeps us from becoming conscious. And I was wondering, I'm aware of affirmations, and I'm, uh, how do we move energy through these things to dissipate them more readily than uh, what we have? Your cards are a wonderful way to do it. Uh, simply, uh, our show has been predicated on, uh, you know, guilt is the um, 
uh, anger of the innocent to fear is uh, the difference between fear and information is level of consciousness. We've we've brought to, to bear a thousand different methods by which. So this we is can saying that um, I love through the doorway of myself. So that means to get banished fear, guilt, doubt, and worry, you have to banish it within yourself. So everything well, yeah. begins there. Yeah. Um, uh, Just to move energy through. But it we like we that. often wait for the world to change. Uh. Anyway, we'll talk about that next week because that's a good subject. Thank you.